you never knew. Never knew. That was his power. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Back now and here we go again. Spread the word, tweet a shorty, tell a friend. The game changed, but I'm here to break a 10. Them boys play, but I'm here to make amends. Real talk. Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. I am your host, Jared Mintz, and you are listening to episode number 117. With the New York Knicks already sitting at 0-3 and the NBA preseason underway, it's officially time for the Relatively Speaking Podcast to begin previewing the 2017-18 season. As promised, I have some awesome guests lined up to help me discuss everything you need to know as we enter one of the most anticipated seasons in recent NBA history. What's it going to take to stop the Warriors from winning their third championship in four years? Can the reloaded Rockets or Thunder, or even the Spurs, slow down Golden State out west? What kind of leap should we expect from the young Timberwolves and Nuggets? Let's get into it and preview the Western Conference. Joining me today is Amy Stigemeyer, the co-founder slash co-owner slash editor slash awesome writer and tweeter for Memphis Grizzlies blog, All Heart and Hoop City. Amy is a longtime friend of the podcast whose statue resides in the Ask Me Anything Hall of Fame. Amy, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing on this fine fall morning? Hi, Jared. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm I'm good. Uh, it's still not quite fall weather here yet, so everything still feels like summer. Yeah, I hear you. I am sweating hard on the other end of this line right now. I don't know where fall went. It was nice to have it for a little bit. I mean, I know that we're in different regions. Just for our listening public, tell everybody where you're from. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. I've lived in Memphis all my life, and it's been like high 80s, 90s here consistently up until the last day or so, and it's still not that. Actually, it's probably like 87, 88 outside right now. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> That's brutal. Yeah, we're in like the low 80s in New York and it's been humid and I just want I just want 60 degrees, maybe even 50 degrees, maybe maybe even less, just no snow, somewhere in between, some kind of happy medium. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that. Anything lower than well, I mean it's October, so really like anything less than 80 and no snow. Because I hate snow. Same, same, same. I hate snow, you hate snow. We both love the NBA though, and that's why you're on the show today. Amy's going to help me preview the Western Conference for the upcoming season. But before we do that, I like to get my listenership more familiar with the guests that I have on by doing five rapid-fire questions. Amy, you agreed to do these questions before we came on the podcast. Are you still down? Of course. Awesome. All right, let's get it going then. My first question isn't exactly a rapid-fire question in any sense, but the WNBA Finals came to an end last week, and it was a hell of a series between the Lynx and the Sparks. Hell of a season at that, too. What would be your elevator pitch to get people who didn't watch on board for next season? Oh, my. Um, One, if you like basketball and you like good basketball. I mean, it was a hell of a series. Um, I don't know. I'm that might not be the best question to ask me right now, because I've I've been like inundated with. Uh, most of most of the social media response to 
anything WNBA that any of the major sports channels have tweeted have all been along the lines of, you know, back in the kitchen. And, and I'm not a fan, obviously, of that. Um, I mean, if, if you like good basketball and you like to watch basketball, I mean, that's, I, I feel like that's really the only criteria um, that you should have. Plus, you know, between the NBA and the Summer League and, well, the WNBA, you could pretty much have basketball all year long. So, you know, added bonus. Sold. You got me sold. I will say I don't watch as much uh, WNBA basketball as I would like to. I know that you guys do a pretty solid job covering the league over on uh, all, I'm sorry, All Heart in the Hoop City. All Heart in Hoop City. Full disclosure, this is the first season that we have covered the WNBA, and I'll be honest, we didn't do um, as good a job as I would like. Um, You know, for the Grizzlies, we recap and preview all 82 games and uh, preview whatever playoff series. Um, so, I mean, I, I can't even say that because I didn't watch, get a chance to watch all of the WNBA games, partly because they don't necessarily make them as easy. I, I mean, the it was great to see the, the finals on ESPN, like on an actual cable channel that, you know, people would, would have in their cable package. Um, but a lot of times the, the, you know, the, when they air them, it's not really anywhere. Yeah, I I agree. I, I struggle to find it and I live in New York and I would think I would get everything. So I, I'm kind of with you on that. Although they did do a really cool thing this past season that I hope they continue with. Um, they part of an actual, like they live streamed the games through Twitter. You could open up a feed in a separate window and they you know, broadcast the entire game from start to finish. So that was was actually really cool. And I managed to watch a number of games like that. Um, at the very least, I mean, I don't know how feasible that would be to you know to broadcast all of the all the regular season games like that. But at least as far as availability goes, I think that would would having that option um, would do something favorable in terms of, of, you know, increased viewership to give an easier way really to find the games. For sure. They, they could use that. And I think a lot of the savvy leagues are learning that Twitter really is your friend. So I would love to see more of that in the future. Speaking of Twitter, my second question, what is your least favorite thing about Twitter? <laughs> Chad. <laughs> oh, Chads. Um, this actually kind of digs back into my annoyance from the first one. Um, it, it's my experience being a woman on Twitter that talks about sports and enjoys sports and writes about sports or, you know, a sport uh, is vastly different from that of, well, all, all the men, really. Um, and it, it seems like without fail, uh, there, there's always someone that has to... All right, 
I mean, really, you know what? I don't care. I'll, I'll use all of the the cliche terms and make people mad. There, there's always some dude bro that that has to come in and try and mansplain a simple concept or something not even really relevant to the conversation. Just hi, I know more about this than you, or or like random. I don't know, like, we have to, like, random pop quizzes from, you know, strangers that, that try and interact with us as we have to somehow prove that we're, you know, qualified enough to talk about basketball. Um, and that really, really gets old. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, I, I hate to say it because really to generalize it, like the worst thing about NBA Twitter is men. Um, if, if you're a woman, if you're a woman and you like, you like sports, you like basketball. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm actually, I'm not saying that like as a, a dig at NBA Twitter as an entity, I rather enjoyed. I've met a lot of really cool people, um, you know, present company included, but there's always going to be, I, it, I mean, it's the, the nature of social media and, you know, Twitter is a public medium. And so really any, anyone can and, and will say just, you know, ridiculous things and completely discount any, I don't know, it, any input or conversation um and it's you know i mean i obviously it's not everybody um i know of, of like i said a lot of very fine people men that participate in the nba twitter sphere but there's also a lot of random fan people that i don't know like it's a hobby for them to basically be assholes because <laughs> we're because we, we have have dared to you know enter their their territory I guess I don't know no I mean I, I see it on a daily basis too and I, I know that you're friendly with uh, Casey Sager who just I feel like all day is combating men who are in her mentions kind of doing the the kitchen thing or the you don't know what you're talking about and it's it's oh. It's terrible to see. Casey Sager actually is a very good friend of mine, and you are completely correct. Um, she deals with it a lot more than I do. She also has a much higher volume of Twitter followers, like an insane amount. Um, and, and so, I mean, by numbers alone, but there's just so many. Um, the the chat of the day <laughs> that um, she's picked them. Uh, I think we don't get one every day, but almost every day. And it, it was kind of a, like a running joke between her and I for, I mean, weeks. And finally we just, um, I made a random graphic and we started attaching that she well she gets way more than I do like I said so she normally picks 
uh, the Daily Chad, also, uh, we get lots of nominees. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine what that's like. I can only sympathize, and, like, it's just, hopefully one day it doesn't seem that way when you look at our society, we'll get to a point where we can all respect each other's conversations, opinions, inputs, and not just assume based on anything on the outside that you know less than somebody else. I mean, look, we saw it. We saw it with Cam Newton just the other day, and it, it's terrifying. I, I can't imagine what it, what it's like being on Twitter and not just being able to focus on the things that one you're not only knowledgeable about, but that you're interested in, and that you have a great perspective and great insight on. And uh, yeah, I just. It sucks, and I do like to get the perspective of women who participate in basketball Twitter or sports conversations so they could tell that side of the story, too, because we need to sit down, we need to listen to it, and hopefully somebody at some point could be like, wow, yeah, that's that's wild disrespectful. We should be championing against this stuff because it's just we're at a point where this stuff just should not fly anymore, but I don't want to talk more about negative stuff, and again, I'm sorry that that's the experience you have to deal with. It's the reality of the situation, and you know people can't close their eyes about it. It's just, it's unfortunate. But I want to move on. I want to get to a happier thing. Who is on your, who is on your Mount Rushmore of actors and actresses? Oh wow! Um, if you prefer shows, you could do, give me a Mount Rushmore of shows than actors and actresses. Um. Okay. Yeah, I, I see Firefly. Law and Order, um, all of Law and Order, uh, the original series, and most of the SVU spinoff until I, I that may even still be on. I, I don't <laughs> I don't catch it anymore. Um, uh, Firefly, Law and Order, Battlestar Galactica, um, Deadwood. All right. That's, Is that enough? That's four. That's four? That works. That's four, and I'm 0 for 4 on any of those shows. Not not only have I not seen three of them, I mean, I hear really good things about Firefly and Deadwood. I just, I cannot get into Law & Order for the life of me. It is, it might be one of my, my inefficiencies as a human being that I cannot appreciate Law & Order. It's just, it's not for me. Well, I, um, my Law & Order appreciation largely stemmed around um i spent a lot of hours holding nursing a baby and <laughs> in, and or you know in the middle of the night and like there's always law and order on um for the original series though i uh, was a big fan of jerry orbach as an actor so um, My that's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine that's fair. My friend Joe Nardone, you may have heard of him, is a huge Law & Order fan and would probably love to talk to you about Law & Order forever. He might even want to create a podcast with you about Law & Order. So if that's something you're interested in, contact that guy. Did, Christi did Christina Ricci ever guest star on Law & Order? That, does that be, that'd totally be like in Joe's wheelhouse. Uh, I don't think so, but that is something that we should try to get a, a Kickstarter for to get Christina Ricci on Law & Order and not tell Joe. Let him find out for himself as a surprise. That's really a lot of work, but that would be an awesome <laughs> surprise. All right, moving on. Speaking of wheelhouses, this one is definitely in my wheelhouse. What food would you be most likely to win an eating competition for? Is coffee a food? <laughs> is coffee count as a food? Um, hmm. Ice cream, probably. 
uh, I, I might pay for it the next day. I might feel like crap, but I can certainly eat lots of ice cream. I think if you win an eating competition of any food, you're probably going to be paying for it the next day. I think that those are just the breaks. It comes with the territory. Last rapid fire question before we get into the NBA Western Conference preview. If you could go the rest of your life without having to hear a single take from anyone in sports media, who would this one person be? Oh, gosh. This is so going to get me into trouble, isn't it? Nah. Clay Travis. That's a great answer. Probably the best answer. He's just the worst. He, he is... He is the worst, and I feel like I don't want to give him or his personal brand any sort of recognition other than acknowledging if I could get rid of one take forever, that'd be him. So, can we talk about basketball? Let's do it. Moving on, I I dig that answer, and if it wasn't him, it would have been somebody else at his network. No more names. Let's move on to basketball. Amy, first question at the top of my rundown that I sent to you, which... I feel like it's the biggest question in the NBA this year. It's been the biggest question in the NBA the last couple of years. Amy, what's it going to take for the Warriors to not repeat as Western Conference champions again this year? Um, Outside of a miracle, um, honestly, another Western Conference team is going to have to step up and be dominant and consistent in, in their playing and ability to win as I mean simply somebody's gonna have to be as good as that Warriors team. Um I don't necessarily think that the Warriors are unbeatable. As a matter of fact, I um right before uh off season free agency started, I wrote a very, very hot take for our blog, which um and in hindsight, seeing how the offseason worked out is, is really just that much sadder um, because my uh, basically a, a, an argument for keeping all of the Grizzlies veterans uh, and basically bringing back the same team roster that they had this year um, because the Grizzlies actually did beat the Warriors twice last well. Um, now, the other two games, not as much. <laughs> but those, I mean, you know, those those first two games. Um, and, they, and they didn't just, just beat them offensively. Like, they had, like, two of the, the well, the two lowest um, scoring quarters for the the Warriors, like definitely in the season, possibly in several seasons. Like one was like thirteen, and the other one was with seventeen or something crazy, ridiculous like that. Which for you know the Warriors is pretty crazy, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but th- that's that's the kind of thing that that's the sort of basketball that the Grizzlies played was. You know, they played at one of the slowest paces in the league, but they also stopped, you know, whoever they were on the other end of the court from. It, that's going to be different this year, um, obviously. Um, as far as the most obvious contenders, with everybody's going to say, um, you know, the Rockets and the Thunder. Uh, 
and and the Spurs. Um, I mean, I I I, I don't want to count. I guess we can't really count anybody other than those teams in, if we're going to be honest. But I mean, as as far as as like playoff contenders, um, matchups. You know, hopefully not injuries. Um, I never want to see anybody get injured. Um, Lord knows the Grizzlies have, have had way, way more than their share of that the last few seasons. I wouldn't wish that on, you know, on players or, you know, fans, whatever. Um, but I don't know. I've, I'm, tr- I'm trying not to think specifically as, it, you know, the foregone conclusion that the Warriors and, and I mean most likely the Warriors are gonna, are going to be the Western Conference champions and it's probably going to be another um, Warriors Cavaliers final. Um, but it's really more fun for me personally if I don't really think of that as as the foregone conclusion at the start of the season. So. I like that. I like that a lot. It's almost like, you know, living your life without waiting for death because it seems like it's the inevitable thing that's going to come, but there's so much else to enjoy in between now and then. And, uh, you know, if the Warriors win, who's going to be all that surprised? But they're going to play the games. They play the games for a reason. I'm kind of with you in thinking that I just don't see what's really going to be able to happen aside from an injury or something else that it's going to be able to put any other team on top of the Warriors. But With that said, I mean, I think we have a couple of teams that are getting closer to being able to beat them. You mentioned it. Most people who are going to pick a team other than Golden State to come out of the West are going to pick probably either the Rockets or the Thunder. Of those two teams, which one do you think had the more impactful offseason? I am going to go with the Thunder on that. Uh, I'm really interested to see how that all of that really works together. Um, you know, Paul, Paul George and Russell Westbrook together was already kind of fascinating to me. And then, you know, throw in Carmelo Anthony and I, I don't know. It, it's an awful lot of talented basketball players on one team and there's a potential for them to be very good. Um, I think that, that those that that team has a better chance of of kind of overcoming whatever growing pains the roster adjustments are, are going to have um, than the Rockets. Yeah, I mean that that'd be awesome if if they did. It'd be fun, obviously, to see Russ and Kevin Durant playing against each other in these big moments. And I mean, look, we as much as I live for numbers and I live for for advanced stats, I'm here for the narratives. I'm here for the the Westbrook Kevin Durant beef. I'm here for Oklahoma City and Golden State becoming, you know, a rivalry after it was thought the rivalry was dead. I'm also all for, you know, Carmelo and Paul George playing impactful, meaningful minutes on a team with championship aspirations. I'm not sure that I necessarily agree that that team is going to be closer than the Rockets are or that they had the more impactful offseason. There's just so many things that are floating. Like you said, the, the dynamic between Paul George and Russell Westbrook was fascinating enough on its own. And then you had Carmelo Anthony, who's really just been, you know, a a score first player who I'm not going to call him selfish here. That's, that's not what I'm setting out to do, but we're not totally certain that he can make guys around him better, let alone two all-star high end all-star level players who are probably both better than him at this stage of his career. At the same time, I mean, I have those questions for Houston too. I don't know that Chris Paul and James Harden necessarily get the most out of each other that 
say, putting a J.J. Redick next to Chris Paul or somebody like that next to James Harden would necessarily do. It, it'll be interesting to see how they work out, but those weren't the only two teams that had big off-seasons out West. Same question I asked for you before. Who do you think had the most, the more impactful off-season between the Denver Nuggets and the Minnesota Timberwolves? Um, I For that, I'm going to go with the Timberwolves. Um, it, it, impactful in terms of make the moves that they made arguably made that team better than they were or, or will make that team better this season than they were last season. Um, sure. You know, adding, adding Jimmy Butler um, is, I, I think, going to be interesting again. Um, the Timberwolves are, are one of those teams that, like, I, I want to root for. Well, obviously, except for when they play against Memphis. Um, you know, I, I think they'll be fun to watch. Um, how good they are against, like, teams in the upper upper quadrant of the Western Conference, I'm not necessarily going to speculate on that. I don't know. I mean... I'm not. I, I don't think that the things that the Timberwolves did automatically make them contending for anything. Um, right. They still have to have a winning season before we can say that they're a championship contender. Yeah. Um, but 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 I think this puts them closer to having that winning season. If if that makes sense. Sure, sure, it does, and I, I agree with you. I mean, Jimmy Butler is just one of these underrated players who is probably closer to, you know, the, the Paul Georges and not quite the Kevin Durants and LeBrons, but that next tier of wing players, perimeter wing players in this league, and I'm excited to see the impact he could have for Minnesota. Same token, they just they have these guys who we haven't seen win yet. We still don't know how good Andrew Wiggins is. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, I think most say, is, is probably within that 10 to 15 to 20 range or so. It'll be interesting to see how they could all come together. I'm interested in seeing how Jeff Teague does for them as the point guard. I mean, I'm a big Ricky Rubio guy. I don't know that they necessarily upgraded or that he's even better for this team than Rubio would have been. But a lot of questions for them. A lot of questions for Denver, who also have one of these young budding stars, young budding big men stars in Jokic and Paul Millsap coming through. They lose Gallinari, but some of these young perimeter players are ready to go. I'm I'm excited to see what they're going to do, but... We're talking about all these teams in the West, and you mentioned them earlier when we were talking about what it's going to take to beat Golden State. They always seem to be slept on. How do you think the San Antonio Spurs rank amongst the top end of Western Conference teams? The Spurs are the Spurs, and if you'd asked me this question at the end of the season, last season, I would have said without hesitation that the Spurs are better than every other team we've talked about, aside from the Warriors. Um, After some of the off-season moves and some of the shuffling that it has got on in the Western Conference and the, I guess, the attempts at building so-called super teams. Um, I'm probably still going to pick the Spurs to finish somewhere in between the second and the fifth seed because they're the Spurs. Um, But I don't necessarily think, I mean... Who did they? I know they added Rudy Gay. I'm trying to think of, of who. You know they they've got Powell. They've got you know Kawhi Leonard, who's amazing. 
Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is a good basketball player. Um, his his time in San Antonio, I think, has been kind of disappointing. Sure, um, sure. And I mean, they get but, Pal, they get Pal back for another year, and Manu Ginobili came back for another year. No, no big additions to this team. Yeah, but I mean, the, the Spurs are the Spurs, right. and they they're just this weird. I don't know. As as long as Kawhi is healthy and Pop is the coach, um, I honestly I I think those factors that they're I mean they're they're at least going to make it to the semifinals. I don't know that I would would pick them for the Western Conference Finals again, but um, somewhere in between two and five by the end of the season, as far as playoff seating. Um, I don't know really, like I said, which one, I, I don't know if I want to guess which one's get, who's going to be better in terms uh, of Houston or Oklahoma City, um, but there's a good chance that one or both of those teams will wind up with a better record than the Spurs when the season's over with, the regular season. For sure. I, I'm kind of leaning that way too right now, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if the Spurs finished with the second best record in, in the Western Conference, maybe even the NBA. And I mean, there's always a chance they could even be better than Golden State in the regular season. I just wouldn't pick them to get past them come playoff time. You know, you, you mentioned their seeding and you'd see the Spurs kind of getting into the semifinals. I can't help but wonder what the playoffs are going to look like in the Western Conference this season. I mean, there must be nine or ten teams or so that seem like they should be getting into the playoffs, they have enough talent that you'd believe that they're going to be playoff teams. I want you to rank the following Western Conference teams for me because I'm having a really hard time seeing where they all fit in. How do you feel about the Blazers, Clippers, Jazz, and the Pelicans? Um, if I had to rank those from best to worst, yes. I would go with, might actually go in that order, uh, Blazers, you know, I actually, Blazers, Jazz, Clippers, Pelicans, Pelicans at the bottom, um, Blazers at the top, and I'm not really sure yet what I think, how I think, uh, the Clippers and the Jazz are going to look. I know the Clippers are going to be, um, you know, with, with Chris Paul gone, um, you know, they've got Patrick Beverly and Blake Griffin and DeAndre, blah, DeAndre Jordan. Um, Willie Reed, who uh, was in, I think he played for the Heat last year, um, if I remember correctly. Several years ago, he uh, was in training camp for Memphis, and I've kind of, like, peripherally followed where some of the, the players that have left Memphis have gone. Um, I, I the, the Clippers are, are pretty much my least favorite team. Um, but a big part of that had to do with Chris Paul. So now I'm trying to figure out, um, <laughs> like, I, I don't even know what's going to happen with, with, with that rivalry now with Zach Randolph being gone and, and Chris Paul being gone and everything everything's so strange and, and, and new. Exactly. That's a really good overarching theme for the Western Conference this season. Uh, I think I'm kind of on the same page with you in terms of ranking those teams. I'm excited to see what the Clippers can do this year just because I've kind of been following that team a little bit. I, I love Blake Griffin. 
I like Danilo Gallinari there. I'm not sure how him and Blake are going to play together. They're going to be really, really tall. Uh, I always mess up his name, but they were able to add Milos Tadosic to this offseason too, who's getting a lot of attention as, you know, kind of one of these older rookies coming into the league. Him and Pat Beverly should be able to try and make up for losing Chris Paul, but you just, you don't replace a guy like Chris Paul. You can't do it. The team that I'm interested in here, though, and one of the reasons I asked that question the way I did, and I, again, I agree with the way you write these teams, is the Pelicans, who, if they're the worst of those teams, and we've spoken about all these other teams that we have playoff expectations for, it looks like they may not make the playoffs again this year. I mean, is it feasible that a team with DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis might not make the playoffs the two seasons that they play together? In the Western Conference, absolutely. Um, I actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago on uh, a different podcast. Uh, Show off. The, the, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the Pelicans, to me, are, are kind of are, are kind of like Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> all, like, all the pieces are there. There's, there. there's a lot of really good basketball players, really smart basketball players on that team. Um, you know, Anthony Davis, I, I, I've said before, uh, I kind of hate to see his talent wasting away there in New Orleans because that's, it is sort of a waste. Um, I, you know, they, they brought in Rondo and Tony Allen, who I'm going to miss terribly. Um, I, I'm just, I'm not really sure how, how that works. Um, that that they're they're one of those teams that I'm I, I'm not really not really convinced is is gonna last. Like I I think there there's a good chance that that like some of the personalities on that team are gonna clash before the end of the season. But not even just that, but everybody's respective style of play put together is just going to be weird and misshapen and not really as effective as it needs to be. Right. And that's such an interesting thing that I feel gets often overlooked when we're talking about, you know, NBA teams and success is you look at a team, you look at a roster. A lot of people did this with the Bulls last year where they said, oh, I mean, Rondo, Wade and Butler, those are three great players. And it's like, yeah, we know they're great by name. Now you look at this Pelicans team and you look at, again, Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins, two guys who aren't just names, two guys who are high-quality players, but where's the fit? How do these guys fit in a league that's increasingly smaller, that teams are increasingly dependent on guarding the perimeter and knocking down threes, and, you know, your two best players aren't capable of, capable of doing that, and you don't really have many other guys on your team that are. So I, I agree with you. I just don't see how they get into the playoffs in this Western Conference, and it's just... It's incredible to think that Anthony Davis is maybe a top five player in the NBA, and he's going to go on his third straight season missing the playoffs. Um, I, I will say um, that Tony Allen is still a respectable perimeter defender, so sure. they, they, they did good uh, on, on that addition. But uh, everything else that you just said, um, the Western Conference is, is just so much harder in terms of of the differences in the teams. Um, I mean, if the Pelicans were in the Eastern Conference, they would make the playoffs, I would imagine. But I, out of those four teams, 
like I, I feel pretty comfortable saying right now the Pelicans more than likely aren't going to make the playoffs. It sounds about right to me. Look, Amy, we're talking about all these teams, and you know, I don't want to say the bottom half of the Western Conference, but maybe the middle of the Western Conference. There's one team I really want to talk to you about that's got to be somewhere in the middle here. We haven't really spoken about them too much yet. Amy, what are your expectations for your hometown team, the Memphis Grizzlies, this season? Um, really, I, I've it's it's kind of a prepare for the worst, hope for the best kind of situation. Um, so much of this is going to hinge on Chandler Parsons being healthy the entire season and also playing well the entire season. Um, Mike and Mark being healthy. Um, you know, it major injuries that that had players out for you know extended periods of time has been something that has plagued Memphis for the last several seasons, and even even this season before it started, um, Ben McLemore was kind of supposed to be the Grizzlies' big off-season acquisition, and he ended up fracturing in a complete freak accident in, in a, like some kind of pickup training game um, over the summer and had to have surgery on his foot and is, like they were saying, 12 weeks in August. So I'm not sure. Um, I mean, obviously he's not ready to play basketball yet. Um, it. I do think Mario Chalmers uh, is going to gonna have a much bigger impact on the team uh, than people are probably giving him credit for now. And I'm I'm really just basing this on uh, both David Fisdale David Fisdale's comments at Media Day and the the way that that he's played just the, these first two preseason games. Um, and for the record, I Mario Chalmers was the can we add a veteran point guard guy? Hey, I think we should add this guy. When I made my keep everybody and you know how how to how to continue to win as the Grizzlies, um, obviously they didn't follow my advice. And Tony Allen and Zach Randolph and Vince Carter are all um, for different teams now, but. Um, bringing Mario Chalmers back. Uh, he was out all last season. He actually played played in Memphis and tore his Achilles tendon right. at the end of the that really bad train wreck season. Um, and he's been out since then. But before he got hurt, um, he had done, he had played really well for Memphis. And I think um, he will play really well for Memphis this season, I hope. Um, I, I, like, I've been, I, I'm trying not to talk myself into <laughs> really too much at this point. Um, I mean, I don't, want, I don't want to say that I think the Grizzlies are going to be bad, Um I really hope the Grizzlies aren't going to be bad. 
I don't know that I think the Grizzlies are going to be as good as they've been in years past. Um, I, I think losing Zach Randolph and Tony Allen and Vince Carter is going to hurt them more than, again, people are giving credit for, and not for nostalgic purposes, but because they were all players that did good basketball things in the roles that they were supposed to fill for the team um, and for the kind of basketball that that Memphis plays. Um, I know, you know, being faster, um, moving more up and down the court is, you know, the, you know, the style of playing that David Fisdale does want to try and get the team to adapt to because that's, you know, as you said, that's sort of the direction the league has gone in. But historically speaking, that's not the sort of basketball that the Grizzlies have ever been very good at. Sure, and I mean, I do think it's a strength to extent that they play different than everybody else, that they're they're able to make teams play their style. I mean, we saw them give the Warriors a concern a couple of years ago in the playoffs because they just they're different than what teams are used to playing. And I, I think that's a strength to extent... I also think they have the guys who could, you know, skill-wise adapt to that. But we'll see. I'm not going to let you off the hook on them, on the Grizzlies just yet. Give me your prediction for best case and worst case this year. Um, okay. Worst case this year is the wheels completely fall off. Chandler Parsons doesn't play well, doesn't play. Um, I don't even want to say not making the playoffs is, is the worst case scenario. Um, so what's, what's best case scenario? Best case. Like I, I, at the same time, I also don't want to say making the playoffs is the best case scenario. It, it We're in a really, really strange spot right now. Um, like there, there's a lot of unknowns that, that are, that are going to go on with this Grizzlies team. Um, it, Obviously, uh, they're going to look a lot different this year. And how all of that works together um, and and how Chandler Parsons plays, I keep saying that, but that, that is the, like the big elephant in the room that um, he's going to have a huge, huge role in determining just how good Memphis is this year. Um, it, I don't necessarily think, I mean, it, they're not title contenders this season. Um, I don't know. Maybe they, like best case scenario, they make the playoffs. Worst case scenario, they don't make the playoffs. I don't know. Um, that's fair. That, that, that's fair. And it's also fair not to know. A lot of unknown with this team. So speaking speaking of known and unknown, I want to ask you a couple of questions, a couple of predictions, I suppose. Who's one team that you think is going to be a lot better out West than most people are expecting this year? I am going to say, actually, I'm going to say I think the Kings are going to be better than a lot of people are expecting. Um, I'm trying to, to kind of put my thoughts here on that because you say a lot better and and I'm, you know, in the back of my head, I'm still tempering all of this with, yeah, the Warriors are probably still going to wipe the floor with everybody. Um, but, you know, what, you know, what's going to be, like, which team is going to make 
the most noticeable improvement. Um, you know, I think Zach Randolph and Vince Carter in Sacramento with the young guys that they have on that roster um, um, will be at least interesting to watch, fun to watch. Um, they have a decent coach on that team too, huh? Uh, again, that might, that might be something I probably shouldn't comment on. Um, I mean, Dave Yeager, it, it, yes, he's a decent coach. <laughs> but let's leave that, let's leave that at that. That that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, and I, I know it's tough when I say who's going to be a lot better because you know you say the Kings are going to be a lot better. Does that mean what that they're a thirty nine win team instead of a fifteen win team? Really, just asking. You know, the the consensus seems to be. I mean, consensus is always going to be a consensus, but it just seems to be pretty fit. Who's going to be bad and who's going to be good this year? So really, in asking these questions, you know, I'm kind of looking for underdog teams who you think could be a little bit better towards a lot of bit better and teams that maybe were overrating. So, you know, I, I get the Kings being your choice for a team that you think is going to be better. Who do you think is going to be a team that's going to be worse than people are expecting this year? The Clippers. I'm going to go with the Clippers. Um, one, because I hate the Clippers. And two, because I really do think that... Uh, I, I, I don't... I, Chris Paul held that team together in a lot of ways. And... Um, I know you said you're a big Blake Griffin fan. I'm not a big Blake Griffin fan. Blake Griffin is soft. Um, <laughs> it, I, I just, I, I don't necessarily think that, well, I mean, obviously, I, I really don't think that there, there's any way, any way that, you know, them, that Patrick Beverly is going to do a better job for them than Chris Paul would. And I think them losing J.J. Redick is also going to hurt them uh, more than people are talking about as well. Um, sure, I mean, they had one of the most efficient backcourts in the NBA these last few years. People don't realize J.J. Redick shot like 44% as a clipper or something from three over the last four years. And there's just, there's no replacing Chris Paul. So I, you can't argue that this team, you know, is definitely taking a step back. With with that said, obviously the Clippers aren't going to be one of these teams that you're excited to watch this season. Who's a team other than the Grizzlies that you are the most excited to watch this year? Um, Western Conference. Um, I would I would say either the Timberwolves or the Blazers. Um, I'm I, I'm kind of interested in in seeing how uh, the Cavaliers season plays out. Um, although them having Derrick Rose really sort of dampens my enjoyment of that because I really would like to see what a season of uh, J.R. Smith and, and Jeff Green on the same team together look like. Um, fire emojis. It would look like fire emojis. Yes, it would. I, hey, I have a penchant for mediocre role players with good personalities. That's my thing. Um, I am the now and forever president of the Jeff Green fan club. I, I may be like the only remaining Jeff Green fan ever. Um, so I don't know. He's on a new team. So that's one more fan base. I could say this is the fit he needed to actually be a good basketball player. So maybe this is the year for Jeff Green. I have not, you know what? I love Jeff Green and I have not. I'm not going to make that statement. I haven't convinced myself. Uh, Jeff, I mean, when Jeff Green 
is playing well, he plays really well. And he can do really good things. He just can't do them consistently. And his defense is a liability. And that doesn't really help. Um, other than that, I don't know. I'm just excited for there to be more basketball. Um, I've been... Like, I, I'm just now coming down off my uh, WNBA Finals hype, so uh, I'm sort of easing into the uh, what's left of the preseason, and I don't know, I just kind of want to see what happens at this point. Yeah, same. I'm just really excited for basketball. I can't stop looking at preseason box scores and watching replays on NBA TV at the same time, I mean, I still have summer league games on my DVR, basketball games from last season on the DVR. It just, it never stops, and this was a great offseason. There was constantly transactions going on, trades, and big superstars wanting to go elsewhere. A lot of fun. This is going to be a really exciting season, I think. Last question I have for you related to this season, who's the rookie that you're most excited to watch in the Western Conference this year? Um, I'm going to cop out and I'm going to give the Homer answer here. And I'm going to say um, equally, um, Memphis, the rookies Memphis has this year, Dylan Brooks, Ivan Rabb, uh, Vince Hunter, and Kobe Simmons. And those last two, I am actually looking forward to see playing both with the Grizzlies and with their new uh, G League expansion team, the Memphis Hustle. Um, those two guys are on two-way contracts, so they'll go back and forth. Um, and All Heart is also planning to cover the Memphis Hustles inaugural G League season. I'm, I'm still trying to adjust to calling it the G League. <laughs> um, I, I still want to say D League. Um, but uh, now that we finally have a coach that is interested in developing the younger players, um, you know, I'm excited to see what David Fisdale can make out of them, so to speak. Um, for not Memphis, I would probably say Dennis Smith Jr. in Dallas. I've heard a lot of good things about him. Um, other than that, I'm not super up on who all of the great rookies are this year um, I'm not saying the one name that I think everybody else is going to say um, because I still don't think the Lakers are going to be all that exciting it's um, it's fair I know everybody's talking about Kyle Kuzma these days and I just I don't really get the the Kyle <laughs> Kuzma hype either but uh that's right yeah no I, I'm proud of you for not saying Lonzo I mean look I'm excited to see what he could do just because I love point guards and I love watching guys who, who really, you know, have infectious passing. And I, I hope Lonzo could be that guy. But uh, there, this is a really stacked rookie class. And he's not, you know, he's not the only person that we should be looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, just because he has the biggest social media presence and, and the most hype. Um, I don't know. I, I, part of me thinks that maybe sets the kid up in a, in a worse position um, because if he's not amazing and perfect and fantastic, um, he's going to get an awful lot of criticism because 
he's been, I don't know that I would call it being overhyped, but he's definitely been very well marketed. Um, I, I think is, is a, yeah, I think I'm going to go with that. What he's been very well marketed. I think that's really well said. And I think that's a good way to wrap up our NBA preview for the Western conference. Amy, thank you so much. It's awesome. I love getting a different perspective and, I mean, how frequently do we get to hear from Memphis fans, people who cover the Grizzlies? It's just, it's awesome to get a different perspective. So I thank you for that. But before I let you go, you ready to do some absurd questions? Always. Awesome. Like, like I said, Amy's been a friend of the podcast for a while, so I couldn't let her go without asking her an absurd question. So Amy, I have one for you. It is, if animals could speak human languages... Which animal, besides dogs or cats, would you be most interested in having a conversation with, and why would you want to have a conversation with this animal? Are we talking, like, domesticated animals, like pets, or just any animal in general? Uh, I think for the absurdity of this question, it could be any animal in general. I mean, it could be a domesticated pet if you'd like, whatever works. No, if we're going to go with any animal in general, I'd, I'd like to know what the honey badger really thinks about life, the universe, and everything. So, that's my answer. Wow, how come a honey badger? Um, because they're awesome. That... Because they're awesome. Or, 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 or squirrels, even. Um, but no, I, I think I want to stick with, uh, with honey badger. You know, I'm really glad that you said squirrel. I wasn't sure how our regional differences were going to translate to this question. Because for me, I go outside and I see squirrels and pigeons. I've never been to Memphis, so I don't know what your land animals are. You know, what animals you're avoiding to hit with your car. I don't know what you guys have down there. We uh, have lots of squirrels here. Um, squirrels and, and birds. Um pigeons in some parts of town dots I, I don't really see a whole lot of pigeons um I see lots of blue jays um and blue jays are assholes so i don't really care i don't i have absolutely no desire to know what what a blue jay would have to say because they are complete jerks um, but i would be interested in in the honey badger take on the world um or alternately um you know, like I said, there, there are lots of squirrels around here. So uh, they've got to see some pretty interesting stuff, I'm sure. Yeah, I agree. And, and like I said, I mean, I am almost running a squirrel over with my car every day. And when I say that, I don't mean almost every day do I run over a squirrel. But I almost run over a squirrel almost every day driving. They're just in the middle of everywhere. It seems like they have bad decision making, almost like late decision making. And I just would love to talk to them to find out, like, why are you guys always in the street so much? Like, what, what is your life like that you have to be out there? And hopefully they'd pr provide some insight. Hey, you know what? You don't know their life. Don't, don't, judge, don't judge their life choices. This is, this is why I want to talk to them, because I'm trying not to judge them. I want to know what's actually going on. You know, this kind of ties back to our earlier conversation of just stop judging books by their cover. I don't know what the squirrel is doing out there, and I just want to find out. That, you know what? I think that's fair. Uh, I, I will I will concede on that then. That, that that's fair. Find out why why does the squirrels can't get across the street quickly enough to avoid getting squished by cars. 
something like that. It just drives me crazy. All right, Amy, thank you so much. I'm sorry I took up so much of your time, but I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. This was a lot of fun. This was a long time coming. I look forward to interacting with you on Twitter all season. Guys, if you're not already, you can follow Amy on Twitter at HoopCityHellcat. That is at HoopCityHellcat. And make sure you're following along with AllHeartInHoopCity.com. Amy, before I let you go, you have any work or any projects coming up? Anything that you want to talk about? Um, I do have some projects coming up, but they are actually sort of of the super secret squirrel variety. <laughs> um, I don't want to... Um, I'm very superstitious at the moment, and I don't want to jinx anything. But um, perhaps you'll let me come back again and ramble some more once I get this other thing going, because it's. I think it'll be relevant to your interests as well. So um, it is basketball-related, if not necessarily Grizzlies basketball. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to finding out more. And any time that you tease something like that, it, it just makes me want, want to know what it is even more. But I'm sure whatever it is is going to be successful because you're awesome and one of my favorite people on Twitter, basketball Twitter, life Twitter, in life. So, again, thanks so much for coming on and joining me, and uh, I look forward to having you back on. Thank you so much for having me. You have a great weekend. You do the same. Thanks, Amy. Long range, I've been killing on the blacktop. AI cross, sunning rappers like a backdrop. Clock ticking, I'm the one, take the last shot. Couple chairs for him, got your shorty like a mascot. Never ask, I'm just feeling what that ass got. He's half nuts at my neck like an ascot. Uh, hundred grand up in my dash, hot with more K's than dash got. You living in a glass box, I'm on point, Steve Nash. Destroy your track like I'm Hancock. Now I'm pulling tops down like a rag top.